Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Dirt Radio. Organic. Friends of the Earth. Activism. Underground. Political action. Necessary. Wind farms. Indigenous struggles. Land rights. Anti-nuclear. Nanotechnology. Climate change. Coal barons. Mining magnates. Activists. Educating. Communities. Transforming. Communities. Mobilising a sustainable planet. Get involved now. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Dirt Radio. Good morning and welcome to Dirt Radio. I feel like I was just listening to myself. <laughs> because morning, I was. Sam. <laughs> good morning, Phil. So good to have you back in the studio with us. Amazing. It's just like old times. Dirt Radio. Organic. <laughs> <laughs> Friends of the Earth. Activism. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know you know the drill. Yeah. <laughs> We're back in the studio. It's wonderful, Sam Castro, to be back on Dirt Radio on the air with Phil Evans today as we come to you live from the studios of 3CR, situated on the land of the Wurundjeri people in the Kulin Nation, where sovereignty has never been seated. Uh, we pay our specs to elders past and present and say a big hello to all First Nations uh, people listening today. Um, what have we got coming up on the show today? It's pretty exciting. We're going to be talking about uh, the climate impacts and workers and hear from wonderful unionist and Friends of the Earth organiser on climate justice, Anna Langford, talking to two folks from the Health and Services Union. That is Fiona McCandless and Hannah Warren-Smith. And they're going to talk about climate impacts, workers' rights, and why the care economy is the future. The future is female. Yeah. <laughs> All that. i um, talking really deep in dive into climate justice today on Dirt Radio. Of course, this is the Friends of the Earth show where we dig in deep and talk about all things grassroots and what's going on around the wider grassroots community. So stick around on the show. We'll have that interview from Anna Langford um, and we'll have a chat with Sam Castro as well a bit later on in the show. But stick around. Here's some community service announcements. 3CR, Dirt Radio, back in a minute. Common Social Change Library is an online collection of educational resources for those campaigning for social change. It collects, curates and distributes the key lessons and resources of progressive movements around Australia and across the globe. The library includes over 500 resources covering campaign strategy, community organising, activist history, digital campaigning, diversity and inclusion and much, much more. It's free to access the library, so check out the collection at www.commonslibrary.org. Common Social Change Library is a 3CR supporter. Hey y'all, this is Natalie from Blue King Brown and you're listening to 3CR. Support community radio and your local music scene. Subscribe now. And you're
you're back on Dirt Radio with Phil and Sam in the driver's seat for the last few shows before Phil goes off on a fun road trip. Ah, ha, ha. Uh, I'm abandoning your all. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody needs a break. Activism is about sustainability, Phil. Ah. Uh, marathon runner. Uh, so now we're going to go to an interview with Anna Langford with a couple of people from the ASU talking about climate justice and workers. Yep, they're from the Health and Services uh, Community Union. Oh, sorry, I thought it was from AC. <laughs> no, no, um, they're called um, Haksu, just uh, so you know, they do get a little bit acronymy in this interview, so heads <laughs> up on that one, they talk about that. <laughs> Feel free to email us with uh, a deciphering code. <laughs> anyway, let's check out this interview by Anna Langford, Friends of the Earth Climate Justice Organiser, with those two wonderful people from the unions. What do we want? Climate justice. When do we want it? Yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We're talking with two people from the Health and Community Services Union to hear their insights into how climate impacts are affecting health workers and their clients. First up, we've got Fiona McCandless, who works on Haxu's development team in member engagement and research. Dashing good looks, humour, kindness and modesty are her best traits. You guys can't see it over radio, but I can confirm the first one's true over Zoom. Um, you both sent me such awesome bios. I have to read them both out. And our second guest speaker is Hannah Warren-Smith, who is a care worker, sufferer of chronic imposter syndrome. Bear with you on that, Hannah, and member of Haxu and is currently involved in setting up Haksu's fledgling climate action group for members. She works as a support worker and is sick of being asked when she will study so she can ladder climb to policy because she loves what she does right now and believes that it should be a livable job forever. So I'll start with you, Fiona, um, just for a bit of context for listeners. How many members does Haksu have and given that it's different to the Nurses and Midwives Federation, what kinds of health workers are represented by Haksu? Yeah, so we are over 100 years old now. We were formed in 1912. We cover disability, mental health and AOD workers. Basically, we were formed back in the day uh, where mental health asylums still existed and we covered workers there. So anyone with a mental health injury or intellectual disability were thrown into an asylum and we'd cover their workers. So that's our history, and we're about 10,000 members strong covering Victoria there as part of the HSU sort of branches there. Wow, that's very cool. I had no idea the union was that old. And just for a quick acronym translation, um, what, what's, what are AOD workers? Drug and alcohol. Moving over to you, Hannah, how long have you worked in your industry at the moment? What's your specific job? And I'd just love to know, what do you love about your work? So I'm a day-to-day support worker and I've worked independently and through agencies and day programs. In the scheme of things, the average support worker is about 48 years old or aged care worker. Uh, So I really haven't been doing it for very long. But for a millennial, you'd know that being in one profession for five years actually seems like a lifetime these days. (laughs) I fell into the job after having a pretty disastrous relationship with commercial cookery um, and finding out it wasn't particularly a female-dominated field I could hack and I wasn't willing to be a maverick in that. So I stepped into a female-dominated industry and found that I like cooking for people in their homes a lot more than uh, cooking for people doing an overpressed brunch weekend. I just support people in their day-to-day lives, whether they have complex medical conditions, psychosocial, mental health conditions, And my days look really wildly different. For example, last weekend, I supported a woman to go to a wedding of an old client of mine who I had taken on her first date with her now wife. 
it, oh, it can wow. be anything from a medical appointment to uh, taking someone on, on a date. That is so beautiful. Yeah, it sounds like such an amazing job where you get deep connections with your clients like that. And staying with you for a moment, given that, yeah, you, you do this work where you really get to know people's lives so intimately, I'd love to know how, what your experience has been of climate impacts um, in your, you know, workplaces, I suppose, because you travel um, all over the place, but also um, how it looks for your clients so for my clients, the main thing I've noticed in the last few years is as the NDIS grows in creating supported independent living, which is specialty built disability housing, they often don't want it in gentrified areas where the rent's expensive. So a lot of disability homes, day programs, they're being built in suburban areas like Melton, mm. where the radiant heat effects are really high and the tree planting on the, along the streets is really low. So um, in the day-to-day -day accessibility through like sunburn and heat exhaustion for people with disabilities getting out to their jobs or their day programs or just going to the local cafe, it's probably the most visible day-to-day -day impact. Uh, and then obviously we've got broader, more acute issues like 19% of all asthmatics experiencing an emergency during the 2019 to 2020 bushfires. Um, and a lot of people with various congenital or acquired disabilities are like more likely to experience respiratory issues like asthma. So it's really day-to-day -day and acute emergency environmental issues that come up for me. Mm, yeah, wow. Sounds like it must really put a lot of extra stress on you as care workers because it's not just your own health and safety that's threatened, but you're responsible for vulnerable people. Absolutely, absolutely. We are liable um, in so many ways. And it's interesting because Haksu was founded within asylum days where you've got people in singular locations and it's really to, easy to observe what your clients are experiencing and very directly change that and that's where it formed a lot of its power whereas now home care workers we're over such broad territories and it's in the privacy of people's homes so it's really hard to assess the actual impacts compared to mm -hmm. the old days of institutions mm, yeah absolutely and solutions a lot more complicated than fitting one workplace with an air conditioner <laughs> absolutely <laughs> And maybe just zooming out from that um, over to you, Fiona, because you work in an organisational role for the whole union. I wonder what your insights are on how climate change is affecting workers at a more structural level or just other experiences you've heard about, like Hannah's. Yeah, absolutely. So having a look at some of the responses we've had from the Climate Impacts at Work survey so far, we had 75 responses or percent of the responses come through saying that wearing full PPE um, during summer has been a major distress. So with COVID and climate, um, that intersection has been um, really difficult for OHS. It's something we're actually taking to government and to some disability providers to try to find that middle ground between safety during COVID um, and heat stress. Um, other ones we have as well um, during COVID in times of extreme heat, um, particularly in disability, we have more behaviours of concern that come up. So there's a lot more occupational violence, um, more people getting injured at work due to sort of distress from the clients. Within mental health, there's been some studies as well that have come out showing that, um, or there's a Perth study um, on heat waves and how many more inpatients hospitals had during times of heat wave. And you kind of expect it would be the renal board or, or something that would have the most more inpatients, but it's mm -hmm. actually mental health. And um, so more people are mentally distressed during times of heat waves. Um, during the 2020 bushfires as well, we noticed a big spike in people um, 
being admitted into mental health services in like Marysville, areas that weren't affected by the 2020 bushfires, but were previously the 2016, or was it Black Saturday bushfires? Um, yeah. So that PTSD continues. And it's a statewide stress as well. Everyone feels it, whether you are directly affected by the bushfires or not. Eco-anxiety as well, we're finding more and more within the mental health sector. You're listening to 3CR Dirt Radio. This is an interview that was pre-recorded by climate justice organiser with Friends of the Earth, Anna Langford, chatting to Fiona McCandless and Hannah Warren-Smith from the Health and Services Union, HACSU, as you have heard it referred to in that conversation. And they're talking about workers' rights, the climate impacts that is having, particularly on people who are working in the drug and alcohol sector and also disability worker support. Um, And we're also talking about lots of important issues and going to come up a little bit about how important the care economy is to the future. Let's go back to that conversation now. You're on 3CR, Dirt Radio, back in a bit. Yeah, wow, that... That's that's so full on to hear about that mental health admissions are up there with um yeah the biggest reasons in response to disasters because like yeah we we've only really started seeing the terms eco anxiety and climate grief permeate more the last few years but clearly people are already experiencing it in huge numbers and yeah I think also it's a really good point about the the way climate impacts are starting to cross over with other systemic disruptions like the pandemic and, yeah, other things that will come our way and make it harder for workers in these industries because we don't know how to deal with the double challenge of it, like with wearing PPE. And, Hannah, you mentioned before care work does tend to be female-dominated industry and, as we know, that is a factor in why it does tend to be more undervalued and lower-paid work. But, I think also it's exciting to see conversations start more about how, as we think about what kind of future economy we want that's not based on fossil fuels, the care work industries are going to remain as important as they ever have in every community. And I'd really love to hear from both of you, but maybe we'll start with you, Hannah, what you see as the role of the care economy in a climate-constrained future and why it's important to properly value that work as part of climate justice. That's a great question because when I started this journey of sort of marrying the job that I was in to to activism and concern about climate collapse, I saw the care economy as something that we should create in order to divest away from fossil fuels and jobs that we should create. But the more literature I've read about this topic, mainly from North America, uh, the more I see that we don't actually have a choice in this. The care economy is actually going to have to grow to meet the demands of, of rising illness and disability that we're going to see. Uh, due to adverse climate events. For me, initially, I was kind of bolstering it as this really perfect solution, but it's going to happen whether we like it or not, so the job needs to be safe and well-paid. I think as a sort of Marxist, lefty-leaning human, I have a really (laughs) hard time with the monetization of the care economy to begin with because I do feel it's something that we should naturally be able to do in community, and it's sad that we've had to outsource, I guess, a lot of care Um, that's definitely a thing to battle later in the piece and maybe too large a conversation (laughs) for now. But I think while while it is as it is, um, we're going to need a huge amount of care workers in the coming years. And the government's making some small steps into making those um, vocational pathways for people, but it's not doing enough fast enough. And we're already experiencing a massive shortage 
um, let alone any protection of, of pay and conditions of care workers in the last few years. Oh, God, I wish we had an hour and a half of this radio <laughs> show to dive way more deeply into all these big questions. Um, but, yeah, thanks so much um, for sharing that. And uh, we've just got a couple of minutes left, but Fiona, I'd love to hear your perspective on that question as well. Absolutely. I think, as has been mentioned, the intersection not only with climate but with feminism, care work, being female-dominated, being um, lower paid, that's something we would need to fix straight away and something that unions are really pushing for. We've got the nurses strike in New South Wales at the moment, so something we really needs to change yesterday. Um, we're all going to need care at some point in our lives, even more so in times of climate catastrophe. Um, the thing with climate change, and we've seen it during COVID as well, is that people with a disability are often the last to be triaged during and have the least sort of support during that system. Um, if I can have a little uh, jeer at the NDIA as well, with changes to disability funding particularly, um, there's been cuts in emergency funding. So if people need emergency money through the NDIS, um, there's no phone line you can call. There's no way of getting emergency money. You actually have to mm. go through a whole new plan. Um, also, since the funding changes, a lot of respite houses or sort of emergency support houses have been closing um, and something that we're really advocating for them to stay open. So, you know, if, a, if a, a still funding, if a group home, disability group home gets burnt down in a bushfire, um, the disabled clients have to go to a hospital, which often isn't adequately you know, set up for people with a disability. They obviously can't go to the local hall to camp out overnight if you have mm. higher needs. So there's a real gap there in how we can support people um, that need, that have higher needs. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, I guess, to state just in the last few minutes as well, that the federal government don't have any plan for hospitals um, when we have higher inpatient. Victorian and Queensland government do have a plan because of thunderstorm asthma and because of the Victorian bushfires we do have the sort of code brown ability to pull more staff in um, but really we need additional funding we know this is going to have a strain on our healthcare system we've experienced it with COVID so there's no excuse now uh, we really need to start mm. having the resources thrown at it. Yeah wow it's really fascinating hearing about all the socioeconomic intersections with this problem and uh, the links between climate and care work and I think it really does just point so strongly to why the unions need to be as strongly involved in uh, climate policy formation as possible so that we can make sure that the solutions to both lowering emissions and adapting to impacts are just and pick up everyone in the community. And we're so close to time now, but I just wanted to ask for any HACSU members that are listening, because I hope we'll be able to share it with lots of HACSU members so that they can share their experiences, which might be similar to what we've heard on the show or different through the Climate Impacts at Work survey before it closes on March 13. How can they take the survey and share it with their comrades, Fiona? Yeah, so look, our survey's open to anyone. We do have some specific questions for the disability and mental health sector. Um, that's just so I can go through the data and see how we can make policy at workplace level around climate. But the links are shared on our Instagram and our Facebook. So if you just you know do a Google search for Haxu Victoria, you should see the tile there. And we'll be having another um, Haxu climate meeting um, just before the closure of the survey as well. So definitely shoot me an email or contact Haxu to get an invite link to that once it's created. Sounds great. Well, I hope can uh, encourage more people to um, 
feed in their experiences to this so that yeah we can really give the climate action group that's just recently formed a boost of members and really get into some strong climate action this year through the union. So thank you so much for both coming on the show. It's been really powerful to hear both your experiences of what it looks like for health workers on the ground and at a structural level. So really great to have you on and thanks for sharing with our listeners and your members. Thank you so much for having us, Anna, and Friends of the Earth for, yeah, this collaboration. I'm very excited. <laughs> and you're on 3CR with Jarrett Radio. Phil and I have not been in the studio together for a while and we had a synchronised moment of, you go, no, you go. Uh, that was Anna Langford from Friends of the Earth uh, talking to the Health and Community Services Union uh, about, Haksu. Haksu, uh, about the importance of care work in the future of our planet and workforce. Uh, you can go onto the website to look up the survey that was mentioned in the interview. Mm -hmm. And, of course, we'll put links to that up on the podcast and on 3CR. Yeah, 3cr.org.au forward slash Dirt Radio where you can catch up on that podcast and any other show as well. Um, If you miss my voice when I go, you can always find me there. There's all these annoying shows of me talking. Um, no, but while you're there as well, um, do become a subscriber because if you listen to 3CR, clap your hands. Well, if you listen to 3CR, clap your hands. If you listen to 3CR, clap your hands. If you listen to 3CR, I shall know where you are. If you listen to 3CR, clap your hands. If you listen to 3CR, clap your hands. If you listen to 3CR, clap your hands. We'll check out the happy vibe. We're gonna ring up and subscribe. If you listen to 3CR, flap your ears. What? Who the hell is that? Flap your ears. What are you talking about? I ain't no elephant. Get out of here. This is handmade radio. Flap your ears. Get out. Get the hell out of here now. And you're on 3CR with Dirt Radio, Sam and Phil in the studio. So, Phil, we're nearly out of time. We are. I think it's time that you tell us what's going on in Foland. Absolutely. Um, That interview was really great that um, Anna just did with those wonderful folks from the Health and Community Services Union. Mm -hmm. But the work does not stop there. Never. As um, Friends of the Earth, Act on Climate Collective are actually engaged in a huge project to understand and map out the impacts that are felt by workers by climate change at the moment. And that means thinking outside of just Melbourne. So on Wednesday, the 9th of March at 6.30pm, we're asking the question, what does climate change mean for workers in Ballarat? Mm. So if you are listening um, via 3cr.org.au or via... Podcast. Podcast or some sort of magical radio thing that I don't even know about <laughs> yet. Or well, back in my day, we just listened to the radio. <laughs> we just tuned in the transistor and turned it on. Exactly. Yeah. Um, then you can come along and hear from union members and organisers about how workers are already experiencing climate change, solutions that um, governments and communities can put on the house on the house <laughs> can put up for a thing and hear about some of Friends of the Earth's climate impact work as well. So that is 6.30pm on the 9th of March, Wednesday, at Ballarat, Ballarat Town Hall. And if you are in Melbourne, then coming up on the 15th of March at 6pm, there is an info night about fighting for climate and environmental justice. <gasps> 
things that speak so dearly to my heart. Boom, 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 yep. Boom, boom. So um, all the a uh, couple of the collectives, the Sustainable Cities Collective, Yes to Renewables, Act on Climate, and uh, others are interested in letting you know about what's going on and how you can get involved. Friends of the Earth does things differently. It's not about bosses. It's about community-led. So get involved in our collective organising structures. <laughs> um, come along and hear about how you can do it because whatever you've got to bring to the table, it is important. This is true. And, of course, climate justice is intricately linked to uh, pulling down all the systems of oppression. And if the pandemic has taught us anything, it's that a lot of the frontline work is gendered and we need to look outside of jobs for boys if we want to survive climate change and create a whole different system and economy. Absolutely, as we heard in that interview. So, yeah, I just want to say again a big thanks to Anna Langford who put together that interview interviewing Fiona McCandless and Hannah Warren-Smith from the Health and Community Services Union. Thanks to everyone for listening to the show and do listen back because the future is female and we need to be investing in that care economy because the climate impacts are happening now. But yes. we have come to the end of the show. Oh, how exciting to be in the studio with someone else, Sam. <laughs> Such lonely times. Oh. <laughs> and one of my favourite people to be in the studio with. <laughs> oh, yes. And let's do it again next week. Indeed we do. So we'll be back next week, Tuesday, 9.30 on 3CR for Dirt Radio, the Friends of the Earth show. But stick around on 3CR because coming up next is Billabong Beats with Gav. It'll be a great show. But to take us out, let's listen to a little bit of... I probably should have picked something beforehand. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's listen to Patty Smith, eh? Ooh, people Patty. have the power. They sure do. Power to the people. Yeah, and women have the power too. Make sure you, in a couple of weeks, International Women's Day is coming up. Correct, and I'll be doing a very special show here in the studio live, mm. and uh, we might announce that next week. Sounds wonderful for now. Let's go out with Patty Smith. See you later, Sam. See you, listeners. Ciao.